My name is Matt Miller, the campus pastor of New City Church Shawnee, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give financially to New City. Your giving makes this podcast possible. Now, I hope today's message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. If it does, I want to encourage you to click and subscribe to our podcast, share it on social media, maybe even send it to a friend in need. Man, enjoy today's message. Good morning. Uh, we can do better. Good morning. Good to see you guys here today. Uh, man, uh, your beautiful faces and your beautiful half faces. Uh, we're all so much better looking under a mask. People only knew, right? My name is Matt, one of the pastors here at New City Church. Let's see some first-time guests. Man, it's good to have you with us today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5. We're going to conclude perspective series by looking through the perspective of the woman who had the consistent bleeding issue, right? The woman who was bleeding. Now, here's how we're going to get to the scripture. Here's what's happening. Jesus is coming to the town. He's very, very popular. His, 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 his miracles have spread, and wherever he goes, there's a crowd that's always around him. And as he gets out of a boat and he begins to enter this town and walk through the city streets, a synagogue leader, which would be one of the religious leaders, approaches him in Mark chapter 5 and says, my daughter is at home and she's about to die. Please come to my house and lay your hands on her and heal her. We talked about this over the last two Sundays. You can check out that story through our podcast. But, so Jesus has a, a very anxious father who's in distress, who's being pulled to his home so that Jesus can heal his daughter. People are pressing all around him. Uh, you remember when we used to could go to Chiefs football games? Do you remember that way back in 2019? Now, if you've ever, who's been to a Chiefs game before? Raise your hand. You know what it's like getting out of that place? It's chaos, right? And especially if you're parked up, I mean, if you're sitting up high, you have to do that little circle walk. And you know how you're not walking by yourself. People are pressing all around you. You with me so far? You see that picture? Now imagine if Patrick Mahomes was in the middle of that crowd and how people would be pressing to get to Mr. Mahomes, right? That would be fun, right? That's what it was like for Jesus to walk through these city streets. He's got people pressing all around him. They're trying to touch Jesus. Jairus has got Jesus by the hand saying, we got to get to my sick daughter, and that's where we find ourselves in this story. They're headed to this house, and we read this in verse 25, I believe. Now, a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. A little math for you this morning. How many sentences did I just read? Three sentences. Mark gives three sentences to sum up this woman's life for 12 years. Three sentences, and that's a CSB translation, right? You might have more sentences or less sentences in other translation. But three sentences to sum up a person's experience for 12 years. That is similar to me saying this. It's behind the screen here. If I just said 2020 has been a hard year. Does that do justice to what we've gone through? And by the way, the powder keg of November hasn't even gotten here yet. We haven't even voted for president yet. Wait till that. Woo, that's going to be lots of fun. Everybody's excited about that one, right? But that doesn't, that's a true statement, but it hasn't done justice. If, if, if we could go back and get a repeat, does anybody want to do this year again? If you do, you need prayer. Nobody wants to do this year again. It's horrible. It's horrible. Like, there are so, I could spend the rest of the service unpacking that sentence in much more detail. 
But that's similar to what Mark does here. First of all, this woman doesn't even have a name. Just known as the woman who bleeds. The woman with the bleeding issue. Did a little research for you. The early church actually identified this woman. Her name was Veronica. And she was from a city called Caesarea Philippi. I'll get it right. Easy for me to say. But her name was Veronica. She is living in another space in town, another place. And on this day, she is the one who is going to experience a fun, crazy miracle. But before we get to the miracle, I want you to understand what Veronica would have gone through. For 12 years, Veronica experienced bleeding. For our females in the room, this consistent bleeding issue is enough to create a lot of stress and trauma by itself. You know, us guys, we don't understand it. Now, we think we know. Us guys, we think we get it, right? We don't know. Just, girls, just tell us. We don't get it. We don't, we don't know, right? My wife reminds me of this uh, every once in a while. But um, <laughs> this poor woman, 12 years, 12 years, the stress and trauma that would have come along. Mark tells us in, in, verses 25, 20, in verse 25 and 26, he says that she had endured much under many doctors. I mean, we're not talking KU Med, Advent Health, Olathe East. We're not, we're not talking. We're talking Bible time doctors. We're talking camels and flip-flops technology. And can you imagine what this poor woman has gone through by going to the doctor to try to solve this bleeding issue for 12 years, the pain, the suffering, the trauma from that alone? Like three sentences doesn't do it justice. 12 years. Then Mark includes that she had actually spent all of her money to try to solve this medical issue. And it's not only, it's not only stopped, it's gotten worse. Like it's kept going, the bleeding's still there, and it's actually worse than it was before. And so she has got stress, she's got trauma, she has uh, no money, her body is probably in a lot of pain for 12 years. And we get three sentences on this, on this young lady named Veronica. Uh, but the good news would be, right, that at least she had her church friends. At least she had her church, right? This is something that we don't deal with in, in our current system. Um, uh, Veronica would have grown up in, of course, uh, an area with a synagogue. Jewish laws were in place. I want to read to you out of Leviticus what Veronica's life would have been like, not in the ideas of the pain and the doctor, but in relationship with people, Okay. So just, you know, let's just kind of take how we're dealing with quarantine and wearing a mask and all this stuff, and let's put it into the context of what this young lady was dealing with. Leviticus 15, 19 through 27. This was Veronica's life. It's kind of gross, but that's why you're here. Okay. When a woman has a discharge and it consists of blood from her body, she will be unclean because of her menstruation for seven days. Unclean simply means this. You're going to see unclean a lot in this passage. Unclean means that she's not allowed to be a part of the spiritual community. Unclean means that she can't be around other people, and if she touches somebody, she makes that person unclean. So it, it doesn't mean that she's evil. It doesn't mean she's full of sin. It just means that she can't participate. She can't go to synagogue on Saturday. She can't be a part of the church family. Everyone who touches her will be unclean until evening. Anything she lies on during her menstruation will become unclean, and anything she sits on will become unclean. Everyone who touches her bed is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean. Everyone who touches any furniture she is sitting on is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. If discharges on the bed or the furniture she was sitting on, when, the, when uh, he touches it, he will be unclean until evening. If a man sleeps with her and blood from her menstruation gets on him, he will be unclean for seven days, and every bed he lies on will become unclean. Now we get to Veronica's situation. That was just for women in general. Welcome to Old Testament way of life, ladies, right? 
Does it make you evil? It's not a sin issue. It's a cleanly, can't participate in the biblical community. Now let's look at Veronica's situation, verse 25 in Leviticus. When a woman has a discharge of her body for many days, though it is not the time of her menstruation, or if she has a discharge beyond her period, she will be unclean, notice those three words, all the days of her unclean discharge, as she is during the days of her menstruation. Any bed she lies on during the days of her discharge will be like her bed during her uh, impurity. Any furniture she sits on will be unclean, as in her period. Everyone who touches them will be unclean. He must wash his clothes and bathe with water. He will remain unclean until evening. What's this mean for this woman? She's not allowed to go to church. If you get around her, it's going to mess up your day too. So no going to the marketplace, no going to the local gathering spots, no strolling through the local shops looking for a piece of clothing. You think quarantine is bad? 12 years for this poor lady. Veronica was isolated. For 12 years, people kept their distance. For 12 years, no man asked her on a date. For 12 years, no friends invited them and her to their home. For 12 years, she couldn't have people into her home. For 12 years, Veronica would have been shunned simply because she was seen as unclean. For 12 years, Veronica experienced hell on earth. There is such a thing, by the way. There is a, such a thing, by the way. Sick, suffering, broke, isolated, and avoided. That's what those three sentences reflect. Man, do you kind of feel the weight of her life? Now, I want to pick you up. I want you to see these next four words in the story. Next four words are, having heard about Jesus. Can we read those together? One, two, three. Having heard about Jesus. Man, get this. I, somewhere, some way, somehow, someone, I don't know if she eavesdropped. I don't know if a friend was bold enough to tell her. I don't, know, I don't know how she heard, but somehow Veronica heard the news about Jesus. And not just that there's this guy, Jesus, but about what he had done. Maybe she had heard about the guy who was lowered on the mat in front of him who was paralyzed. And Jesus told that guy who was completely paralyzed, and everybody in town knew it, to stand up and walk. And maybe she thought, wow, if, that, if he can do that for that dude who was paralyzed, maybe Maybe he can help me. I don't know if that was the story she heard, but she heard something that inspired her that she's going to get to Jesus. Now, what does this mean for us? Just real quick, I'm going to chase a, an evangelistic rabbit, okay? Everyone in this room is doing life, whether you know it or not, around a Veronica and a Vern. There are people in our lives who are suffering, who are hurting, who are emotionally exhausted, who are broke, who are devastated, and, 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 and they're, around, they're around us, and it is our responsibility to be the one to tell them about Jesus. Our neighbors, our, our folks in our cities, I mean, listen, they need to hear about Jesus. I don't know if Veronica got up one day looking for Jesus, probably not, but she heard about him, and it's going to change her life forever. What are we going to do about that? Shh. Don't talk about Jesus out there because you will offend somebody, stupid. Can I tell you a little secret? Everybody you know is already offended. <laughs> a little Jesus ain't going to push them over the edge. I promise you, every, I'm not making this up. Everyone you know is currently offended about something. God has teed it up for us. He's got the whole world offended so that we have no excuse. Oh, I can't talk about Jesus. I don't want to offend somebody. They're already there. They're already there. They're already there. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just telling you reality. They're already offended. So why, why are we like, oh, I can't talk about Jesus because I don't want to. Come on. You got to be smart in your workplace. You got to be wise. 
Don't go to your boss when you're getting fired and say, well, my pastor said, no, 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 that's not me. I'm just saying that when God brings a Veronica or a Vernon to your life, that's our opportunity to let them hear about Jesus. I think it's a good thing. Now notice what she does right next. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his arm, leg. What'd she touch? Interesting, right? We're going to get to this. She touched his clothing. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Now I want you to picture Veronica. You got Jesus hustling behind Jairus to get to his sick daughter. The disciples and Jesus, they're moving. People are pressing all around them. And here comes this ninja named Veronica. I bet she's in disguise. Maybe she's not from here. But, you know, she's unclean. and like she, She's touching everybody. She's making everybody unclean. They don't even know it. Ain't that funny? She's just touching people. They have no idea what's going on in this woman's life. And she gets down. Because, and she, the, 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 the idea is, in, the, in a lot of the paintings in the history, is that she touches the hem of his garment. And so she is down about as humble as you can get. And her thought is, if I could just touch his clothing, I will be made well. Now, what, is, uh, what it gets me thinking is this, church. What would it look like if you had some hope like that? Think about this. Her hope, her life was so heavy that she didn't even, it wasn't a conversation. It, it was, man, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just touch his clothing. If I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Now, I want to talk about why this happens. Um, maybe. I can't prove it. Just the maybe, right? The word that is used for, uh, for garment was also is the same word for wings. Wings, right? The garment. It's the same Hebrew word. This is what Malachi 4.2 says. Malachi 4.2 says, But for you who fear my name, fear my name, who have great respect, great awe. The elders were talking about this in a text thread this, this weekend. Don Noah shared some thoughts on this. For those who fear my name, who have respect for who I am, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Wings, garments, the same word. So notice we could say, you know, her statement was, if I just touch his garment, it could say, if I just touch his wings, same word, I'll be made well. I wonder if Veronica thought back on her hearing Malachi 4.2 as a good little Jewish girl and said, man, if I, the, the scripture says that he, there will be healing in his wings. And if I just touch his garment, same word, <coughs> Malachi 4.2, let me change the word for you. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its garments. I don't know. Maybe she just had crazy faith. But maybe she had heard that verse, and for her mind, it wasn't conversation. It wasn't eye contact. He didn't even need to hear her voice. It was, it was her belief and her hope and her faith. If I could just touch his garment, man, I would be healed. That's what the Bible says. In church, I just want to hit pause real quick and encourage you to take a deep dive in your understanding of Scripture. Knowing Scripture is how to deepen your faith. We've gotten away from good Bible study. We've gotten away from reading God's Word. We're a praying people, but we're praying about things that you may not know that God's already answered in His Word. Like God is speak, I wonder if God spoke to Veronica through Malachi 4.2. I wonder if she's praying and she hears about Jesus, she's reminded, oh my goodness, there's power in His garment. If I could just touch His garment, then I would be made well. I mean, the, God's Scripture increases our faith. And I know the I know what we say. We say, well, I just don't understand it. It's like right over my head. Can I tell you how lame of an excuse that is? Can I just kind of be honest with you? Like you saying, I just don't get it. 
It's too hard to understand. It doesn't, guys, listen, that doesn't work. Here's why. Uh, You've heard me say this before, some of you, but it's just simple truth. There was a time in everybody's life in this room when you couldn't drive a car. How many of you guys got to, to church this morning by driving a car? You figured it out. Look at you. Tap yourself on the back. Good job. Men in the room, there was a time when you couldn't kiss a girl all that well, and now you've gotten better and better at it. There was a time when it used to scare the snout out of you to think that you had to kiss her. Do you remember those days? But man, now I'm a pro. Listen, we do all kinds of things today that there was a time in our life when we didn't know what we were doing. Don't say, I don't get it. It's too hard. I don't understand. No, 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 no. That's, a, that's not, a good enough, it's not a good enough reason. Build, build your faith on God's word. Look what happens when she touches his garment. Verse 29, instantly her flow of blood ceased and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her infliction. I don't know what she felt. I don't know what she sensed, but she knew that something had changed in her. Can I pray for you this morning? The messages are not over, so don't get your hopes up. But I want us to pray in line with what Veronica prayed. Here's my prayer, is that Jesus, would you do that for us this morning? Instantly, instantly her flow of blood ceased. Jesus, would you do for us that? Would you do for that for us this morning? There are those in this room, Father, who have been to the doctors and they've got a lot of medical bills. And, and there's those in this room who are emotionally empty. Jesus, we've tried everything and today we just want to reach out and touch you. Man, if that's you, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. If that's you, just in faith, just stick out that hand and say, Lord, I just want to touch you. There is healing in your garments. There's healing there. We need that. You can open your eyes and let's read what happens next. It says, immediately Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. She didn't even touch him. She touched his clothes. That's amazing that he knew that something had happened when there was no physical touch. It was, hey, she she grabbed his shirt and he realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, who touched me? Everyone. He touched you, and she touched you, and they all did, Jesus. Like, what? Here's something that we can't miss. Don't miss this. You're not allowed to miss this. There's all kinds of people touching and pressing around Jesus, yet no power is going out of him. And then this one lady who's down on the ground grabs his hem of his garment, right? And he feels something happen within him that power leaves his body to this woman. How is that so? Why is it that all of these other people that are pressing around Jesus aren't feeling the power, but yet you have this woman who her only hope is in Christ reaches out and says there's healing in his wings? I mean, for us this morning, can I give you another prayer? Father, forgive us for when Jesus is our backup. Father, forgive us when he's on our list of maybes or he's an option for us spiritually. You know what that's called? That's called idolatry. Commandment number one is, I am the Lord thy God. You should have no other gods before me. And yet, do we have other gods? Do we have other options? Do we have other ideas? Uh, is, is Jesus just something that you grew up with? Not for this lady. She was all she, he was all she had. And if we're living our life, if you're living your life in a way where Jesus is just an option, Jesus is just, you know, a, I'll get around to it. Jesus is just a maybe. You can press all you want and you might not experience the power that he provides. James applies it like this when talking about wisdom. He says, man, if, if you ask him and you don't believe, you're like a wave that's tossed in the wind. You're just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. May we have faith. 
May we have faith. This story, just real quick, is a rare one. It's the only time in Scripture that I could find where a person is healed without first speaking or making contact with Jesus. This is, this is the first time where the lady or the man doesn't first say, hey, here's what's going on, and would you heal me? This is like, she's a ninja. She just sneaks up, and she just touches her, his garment in faith, and, and boom, something happens in her life. The faith of that woman released the power that Jesus had. Father, forgive us for the times when you're a maybe, you're an option, but you're not our only hope. That he was looking around, Jesus was, to see who had done this. The woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. I wish Mark would have written what happened next. How did she leave? Now, in her system, in the, the, being under the law as a, as a Jewish woman, she had seven days that she was still unclean, and then she could re-engage to the biblical community. I'm curious how Veronica dealt with bitterness and hurt and isolation. I wonder how she re-engaged with her church friends, her synagogue family. I don't know what that was like for her. It'd be fun to see. It'd be fun to know. Here's my closing thoughts for us today on this story and how it applies to our big idea. Um, apparently I said something last week um, that was really good. My wife actually brought it to my attention, which when she said, hey, you said something that was really good today, I was like, what? <laughs> she, really, she said she actually wrote it down. I'm going to see if she wrote anything down today. That's what I'm checking, right? And I'm like, what did I say that you wrote down? And uh, she told me. And I went back and I looked at my notes, and it, it didn't make the screens. It didn't make the app. It wasn't bolded on anything. But here's what I said. This week you're getting it on the screens. I said this. There are people who are trying to touch Jesus, but you're the closest thing they got. Now, here's the thing. They don't say that. They don't have the spiritual language to say, I'm trying to touch Jesus. They're saying, I'm going to leave him. They're saying, I'm, I'm afraid for my child. They're saying, man, we're broke and it's time. They, they, they say this idea of I'm trying to touch Jesus in a variety of ways if we would only listen and we hear it through their hurts and their knees. They don't have the spiritual language to say, oh, uh, I, if I could just touch Jesus. They, that's not what they say. They, they come at this from a non-spiritual language that says life could be better. That this is not what I know. Something inside them knows that this is not the way it should be. And so until they get that spiritual language, guess what they do get? They get you as their neighbor. They get you as their coworker. They get you as their friend. They get you as their cousin. They get you as your, their brother. You, they get you as the sister. They get you. And it's not about you. I don't have any power. But here's the beautiful thing about the church, right? That God is always at work around you. And when he reveals his work to you, it is our invitation to join him in that work, whether you feel qualified for it or not. We are a great conduit. I got one hand on the Father and one hand out to my neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And by the way, equally important to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're going through life this way, touching people, touching people, touching people. Not to say, look how great we are. It ain't about us. That'll get you not very far at all in life. But let me tell you about Jesus. Have you heard about Jesus? He wants to speak into your life. He wants to speak into your situation. First hour, we have the opportunity. After the service, I'm going to ask the band to come on up. But after service, we have the opportunity. A young lady came up to me. She was crying. And I said, what's going on? And she said, me and my husband, we can't have a baby. 
That's how she said, I need to touch Jesus. We just want a child. And we invited the husband to come over. And man, you know, the husband's got tears and both are crying. And we've got people that love them. Most of them were strangers. They were a newer family, laying hands on them, praying. Like, I don't know what your thing is, but we're all just trying to touch Jesus. And until we can touch Jesus, sometimes we have to settle for the next best thing. And that's his people. It's his church. And so God is at work around you, and he's placing these Veronicas and these Verns all around you. And by the way, you may be that person this morning. Like, you may be the one saying, I just need to touch the man. Can we pray for you today? We want to we bless you. We want to care for you. We want to be there for you. But no, if it's not you, they're around you. And you probably don't feel qualified. You probably don't know what to say. You probably don't know what to pray. Welcome to my world, people. They can just touch Jesus. And right now, you're the best they've got. We're going to sing a song called Do It Again. And as we stand up, if you guys will stand with me, I want us to be asking ourselves, Father, what is this for me? And what is this for the world in which I live? I told a a guy named Earl today, I said, Earl, Jesus didn't save you for you just to be saved. God saves you so that you are on mission as a part of his church, his body of believers who are, have an opportunity in the world in which we live. Church, see that. Can I pray for us? Father, we receive this story that we read in Mark 5. I can't wait to meet Veronica. How she celebrated her life that was healed through the power that you possess. And God, heal us. Heal our hearts, heal our marriages, heal our finances, heal our health, heal our children. And Father, allow us to be a conduit of healing to the world in which we live. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the only name, the only hope, the one who has power. We pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and thank you for supporting the teaching ministry of New City Church. I mean, if this podcast inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Have a blessed day.